This is the Boss Mystic. You're listening to Revolutionary Mystic, a subversive spirituality podcast where witches of color are disrupting, dismantling, and decolonizing mainstream spirituality with intersectional feminism, ancestral magic, and revolutionary thought. One unapologetic, real talk conversation at a time. Featuring your host, international psychic medium, hoodoo root worker, and astrologer, Megan Alexandria. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast. I'm your host, Metzli Alexandria. Joining me today, I have the privilege and honor of chatting with our fabulous guest, T of Grandma Baby Apothecary, whom you may know um, from Instagram or Kickstarter. They are the creatrix of the Grandma Baby Lenormand deck. And I won't explain any more. I want them to introduce themselves. So hi, T. Can you, you know, like, welcome, number one. I'm I'm so glad to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, your identities, pronouns, and what it is that you do? Sure. Um, I am T. I am the founder and actually co-owner of Grandma Baby Apothecary. I actually, um, the Grandma Baby Apothecary recently um, became co-owned by my brother, too, whose name is Ian. Um, He won't be on this interview. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, uh, recently did a Kickstarter uh, for the Black Gold Lenormand deck. Um, My pronouns, I'm sorry, I'm going out of order, are (laughs) um, she, her, hers. and uh, and I, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for welcoming me. And well, thank you so much for like joining me here. Um, I really appreciate you know you taking the time to do this. I know that this year, 2020, has been a really wild year, and you also have a lot of really cool stuff going on, like you mentioned with the Black Gold Lenormand deck. Um, I know that we, I've been like following <laughs> your updates from Kickstarter, um, you know, which folks at home, like uh, Kickstarter is an amazing place to find these really cool indie decks. Um, and Tease was one of them that I found. I actually, I think I found you via Instagram. And now we're at the point in your like Kickstarter process where it looks like, have you started to like receive the decks? Uh, they should be, um, I should be getting the, whatchamacallit, <laughs> the tracking <laughs> number um, for my decks um, in the next couple of days, um, and they should be on the way to me, which is kind of freaking me out, but <laughs> yeah. um, but also, like, I'm so ready, I'm so ready for them to be here, I'm ready to send them out, I'm ready to be able to hold them, this is, like, I don't want to say it's surreal, but it's very... Um, It feels very good to have brought this from like a little idea to like a full, a full thing. (laughs) Yeah. I like, I just like, I want to like mention in general, like what a monumental feat that is, number one. And then like number two, to have like gone through that, like 
during the like duration of this year, which has been very challenging to say the least. Um, can you say like a little bit about like, was that like easy? Was it, did it make it more <laughs> challenging? You know, what was your experience running that like whole campaign through, um, you know, what's been kind of a turbulent time, so to speak? Um, well, I mean, I think uh, I've struggled since I was a kid with wanting to um, have other people look at my art and like look at my things, read, read little poems and stories that I wrote. Um, so when I came up with this idea, um, you know, I kept seeing messages of like, okay, now you have to share it. <laughs> okay, yeah. now you need to move forward with it. And I was like, y'all don't understand, <laughs> like mm -hmm. to um, my spirits, like in, in my um, ancestral veneration, I just, they, they were like, okay, like you, you've got to do this. Right. And I'm like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like, cause you know, I'd also like, I'd really tried my hand at um, also like, you know, having the regular office job or yeah. doing like, you know, different like graphic design jobs for people and and I don't know working for other people I guess um yeah. and they're just like that's not gonna work for you like you know that we know that so um uh then when COVID hit I was like well I waited too long like this isn't gonna work like obviously like this is not the best time to be asking people for money and they're like no no you should do it and I was just like, okay, you don't understand how these things work. <laughs> but, um, but then I did, I launched it and, um, it was, uh, terrifying, but, mm -hmm. um, I'm really glad that I did. I'm really mostly glad because, um, it's put me in direct communication and community with so many amazing people. That's, I think the best part of what's come out of this, that, um, so many people have supported this, not just financially, um, which is sort of what Kickstarter's for, but people have um, messaged me, they've sent me resources. Um, like at this this week, people were sending me like music. Um, I, I don't know, I just, it feels really nice to have, um, to have this, I guess, this opportunity to, um, I mean, during a pandemic, have so many people who um, support and appreciate uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think otherwise, you know, I'd just be sort of chilling by myself, I think, <laughs> going stir crazy. So I'm yeah. really grateful for everything that's come out of this process. Absolutely. And like, I just want to say that, um, you know, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, I gather that I'll probably a lot of folks feel the way that I do, where like seeing your Kickstarter, your project, um, your, this offering essentially of your beautiful artwork and you know just this um <laughs> display of like your magic and sharing that with us to me it felt like oh what a good time actually but I could sense like I I, I could imagine like what it must have felt like like from your perspective because I you know I had other projects going on at that same time too where I was like oh I don't know how this is gonna go you know during these times but like really it was kind of perfect timing in a way because it was like well we really need your magic uh period and we also like need you more now than ever because like for the same reason that you said like a lot of us could have you know just been uh, a little extra isolated or 
maybe not have had so many like great things to like look forward to. And I know that like seeing the emergence of your deck and your artwork, um, all of that stuff, like your presence, just, it was just so needed and like divinely timed. And it was just kind of like, this is on the list of, you know, good, happy things, <laughs> you know, and those things like on that list for this year to me feel like they're like so precious, um, you know, because maybe it's been hard to come by, um, you know, things to go on that list. So, you know, when I see an amazing independent, like melanated, um, black owned and created deck of any kind, like, I am just like, oh, thank goodness. Now let's get everybody to like support the hell out of this because we need that so much. You know, there, I know you probably know, like there's not a whole lot of decks made by us for us, you know? Um, so I'm really glad that you decided to go with it anyways, like, you know, even in the face of the pandemic. Yeah, I think um, also just knowing, like, I'm good friends with um, the creator of Akamara Tarot mm -hmm. um, and seeing um, her succeed, seeing um, Courtney Alexander succeed with Dust to Onyx, I think that that was definitely, like, a good, um, and that was an encouraging factor for me, um, knowing yeah. that I would be in good company um, because clearly, like, there are people out here who are trying to um, get in touch with their like black indigenous like traditions and mm -hmm. and having that like having those people and creators come before me definitely like if they hadn't done that I would have been like where like where where are my, like the people who want to support this so I, I have to also shout um, out the like multiple decks and the multiple decks that are coming after me too um, that I'm really grateful for yeah and I love that because I, I get this sense that like maybe from like an ancestral standpoint like maybe we've always done that for one another you know at some point um you know some of us decide to be daring and like take up space and make a way you know by showing up and um, doing our thing and it ends up making a way for others too and I love that you said like there's even like decks coming after yours now too, because you're doing the same thing for, you know, those folks, those creators that, you know, Akamara and uh, Dust to Onyx had, you know, probably done for you. And I think that's freaking amazing. Like, let's let that like continue and like expand and grow. You know, I think it's very timely that um, Jupiter is direct now. And hopefully, you know, that's one of the ways that we will see um, Black Witch Magic, like, continue to take up space in this community, because um, it would, it would be awesome if, you know, like, you go to see, like, a shelf of decks in, you know, whatever, like, local bookstore you're at, or spiritual shop, and there's plentiful options of our stuff, you know, that would be amazing. I would love to see that one day, and so you guys are, like, the pioneers of that, so, you know, I just, you know, I can't say, like, thank you enough for doing that. I'm so excited to see your work, like, in the flesh. <laughs> and I know, I imagine you are, too. So, 
you know, thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I wanted to ask, cause I know, uh, like, so my audience for this podcast is what I would consider like a mixed audience. You know, we have a lot of black indigenous people of color listening and we also have some allies listening too. And so a question that comes up a lot, um, whenever even like, like on my Monday, uh, community spreads that I do for, um, my following on Instagram, like if I use a black deck, you know, people will be like, Oh, it's so amazing. Like beautiful. And then I'll get like five DMS of like, am I allowed to buy it? Like, am I allowed to use it? Like, you know, and they want to know, you know, I love that people want to be respectful. I love that folks are like checking in. And so I was wondering what your intention for your deck is. Oh, I think that's a really good question. Um, I think uh, I actually was rereading the guidebook yesterday because I had somebody who um, rightfully was like, you know, like, I just wonder about the language of your guidebook. Um, will it be, um, will it be okay for somebody who um, is trans or non-binary? Um, like, how will the language, how does language describe, like, you know, roles and energies? And um, actually, <laughs> that reminded me of a post, I think I saw you share in your stories mm -hmm. about, um, how there's a lot of ableist language mm -hmm. that people don't realize that they're using. Um, and I was thinking like, oh, wow, like that, like even, you know, even when like reading a guidebook for a deck, you know, people sometimes run into these like, like trigger words and run into, um, you know, things that sort of unintentionally exclude or alienate people. Yeah. Um, and so I know that while I was writing this, I definitely wrote this guidebook from the perspective of like somebody who's talking to black people mm -hmm. um, and somebody who feels that a lot of different oppressions are rooted in anti um anti-indigeneity and anti-blackness. Um, so understanding that I wanted, when I wrote these descriptions for the cards, I wanted them to not only acknowledge that we're living under multiple oppressions and that oppression is real. It's not just some made up magical thing you can like <laughs> affirm your way out of. Yeah. Um, but also I wanted to challenge people to look at the ways that they've internalized um, these um, these sort of oppressive systems because we they they it just it gets under our skin it gets in us it's all around us all the time um, yeah. so I wanted people to um, sort of like hold these two things like there are things that are happening to you and be aware of how you're also like you know internalizing these things um, but I was talking to black people I was talking to black people because I think um, especially understanding that I am um, a cis person and right now though I struggle in community um, with um, like I'd, I'd say black cis men and um, and other <laughs> and yeah. other sort of like people who are higher up in the hierarchy within the black community but I'm also a cis woman I'm also thin I'm able-bodied I'm um, I've worked in sex work so and I know that I was privileged to be sort of conventionally attractive for that field. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that 
um, that I have a lot of privileges that mean that I am in the sort of caste system or hierarchy mm-hmm. within the black community, that that means I have um, experiences that black trans women and my black non-binary siblings um, aren't able to experience. Um, so I guess, like, I, I guess that the voice and the sort of um, this book was, or guidebook and this deck um, definitely challenges people like me and people who are higher, hopefully higher up in the hierarchical ladder within the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think in the future, I would like to, well, I spoke to, I responded to the message yesterday saying that I would like to hire um, a, a trans or non-binary cop- copywriter or editor mm-hmm. um, because I think that, you know, if I really want to um, want this book to be for, for um, not just cis folks or folks who ha- share my experience, um, and if I want to embody the movement of no one's free to walk, we're all free, I think that that's definitely something that um, I want to move towards. But yes, this book definitely talks to Black people. It's, it centers Black, um, black experiences. Um, I hope in future editions it can be improved um, on and on. I know that um, one of the reasons that um, I talk to Black people specifically um, in this guidebook is because I, I feel that like, like you said, like there's people who come before me, there are people who come after me. Um, I noticed like in this, even in the black spiritual community, like we still sometimes fall into the traps of um, Abrahamic ideas and colonial Mm -hmm. ideas about spirituality. And um, I wanted to speak to that. I'm not sure. I think that people outside the black community could also benefit from, um, looking at our, looking at themselves, um, and seeing the ways that we could, um, decolonize based on sort of, um, black indigenous spiritual traditions. Um, but I can't, I, I can't really know what, um, if it'll be the same as it will be for like, like this book mentions like very specific (laughs) instances of like blackness, um, of the black experience or the black American experience. Um, so I don't know if people will feel a little bit, a little bit lost or if they'll feel compelled to research. And I feel like I may have just gone off on a tangent, but, <laughs> um, no, but great. yeah, but I guess that's just what I've been thinking of that. I, I, I feel maybe it's the perfectionist in me, but I want to, um, I want to maybe with future decks or with, um, another edition of this, um, be able to hire and include um, more people in my community and the black community who um, can sort of like continue to fill in the sort of, I don't know, I don't want to say like the landscape or the, but like just bring more richness to it. Yeah, um, some inclusivity for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't think that, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty common in, in deck creators and in people who create content that um, we just sort of like, you know, speak from our own experience, but we understand that sometimes we, like, we need to decenter ourselves in our own work if we want it to be better. We need to bring more people to the table. We need to have more voices because it's just, it's past time for, it's past time for that, I think. Yeah. I think it's, so I'm, that's where I want to 
move forward with this. But for right now, I definitely, this is, this is to call in um, black people like, Hey, we need to work on ourselves. We need to heal. And, um, and I'm sure other people who aren't black also need to heal and need to be called in. And I hope that um, that's what they can get out of this. So yes, you can, you can use this deck. <laughs> you can buy this deck. Um, I'm not able to stop you. I have no desire to stop you. Um, but just be aware that um, the people who I'm talking to, um, the experiences I draw from are black, um, black American. So um, yes. I hope that they know that. And the book dedication, it's dedicated to black people. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, reading, reading that part should give you everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, well, in like, oh, everything you said is just like, so important. Um, you know, for folks listening at home, like, I don't know that most people, regardless of like where you come from, but especially like if you aren't a black person, like the default is whiteness always. Um, like when anything is talking to anybody, so any product, any brand, any, anything, um, it, the default is to speak to whiteness. And so, to have this, you know, sacred project, you know, the sacred tool, um, this, you know, sacred healing offering that is directly speaking from blackness to blackness is so important, so necessary. And it's something that I don't know if a lot of folks realize, like, we don't get to necessarily, like, experience a lot of, you know, um, and so to have more of that, especially like in a spiritual context is extremely, extremely important. I think it's like paramount to our evolution in the spiritual community. And I love that you were willing to, you know, look at and recognize like we have our own privileges too, you know, um, you know, I know you named like misogynoir, like that's a thing, you know? And so it, it's really cool that you want to bring in some other folks who come from a different uh, scope of blackness, you know, a different walk of blackness to, you know, edit or write copy or whatever. Like that's so important because I, I, I can't speak for everybody, um, but I will say, like, as a two-spirit uh, Black person, like, I feel left out a lot of times by the spiritual community, um, particularly by, like, folks that are woman-identified or um, femme-identified, you know, because it's, they hold a lot of, like, yeah, they're, they're speaking to a woman audience, and they say woman a lot, and then what's interesting is then they will want to, like, include me on their projects and I'm like hey friend I don't identify as a woman so like you either gotta like change the language to be more inclusive um or just not gender it you know um so I just really you know I have mad respect for what your intention is moving forward um that's really fucking cool see <laughs> Well, I mean, it's kind of scary to say, like, I'm not where I want to be yet. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want people to think that I'm trying to give them a deck that's broken. But the process mm. of making it made me realize that parts of myself I need to, like, I need to address and do better going forward. <laughs> like, I hope, yeah. I hope that more people understand that this healing, this learning journey, you're not just, like, I'm 
I'm turning 29 in October, mm-hmm. um, which is my favorite month of the year. I feel mm-hmm. like you can <laughs> identify with that. Um, but like, but you know, like I don't expect to be like, like, like the queen of spirituality and the queen mm-hmm. of healing. Like mm-hmm. I understand that like the, the ways that we have been operating under this broken system and the ways that it's broken us, they aren't fixed with a deck. They aren't fixed in the first like two years of starting a spiritual journey, like these things we work on and then they become our ancestor work. Yep. And then we help the next, the people who come after us fix this too. And hopefully one day it will be fixed completely. Um, but yeah, I think it's, we need to like understand that this is something we continue to better, which I yeah. hope people, people will see through this, through this, guidebook through our ongoing work through everything that we're putting out um now and down the line well it, it's perfect you know that, that you are it's just so beautiful that you're willing to um be seen in that very vulnerable truth and uh i would i would go so far to say like uh, it's very like uh, counter capitalist because like capitalism has it set up to where a lot of us are encouraged to position ourselves as um, you know wisdom holders or medicine holders you know like things like that and what it ends up doing is like yes we do those things but that doesn't mean that we have like reached the end all be all of all those lessons and that's why we get to do what we do you know we have our own um place with the medicine our own place with the healing our own place with our growth all of those things um and the same thing is like true of like any type of like social justice lens too and i think that's what um makes folks afraid to speak up sometimes is because they're afraid of being seen in a place that you know intuitively we all know is going to continue to grow and and that's okay like it's so it's good to acknowledge like hey this is the best language i have for this right now and let's also acknowledge that this language this inclusivity that we're working on is a process and it's and it's fastly growing fastly changing you know there's terminology that i used last year that i wouldn't use this year you know there's new terminology that we're learning today and um you know digesting all of that and internalizing all of that and then also moving through the world with all of that through your actions like that's a huge process you know and i love that like you know with your tarot deck or with your Lenormand deck it's like there gets to be additions you know and i think there's something beautifully like symbolic and maybe even like metaphorical in that you know that it was important for you to create this thing and i know you mentioned that you have some perfectionism and I just want to like commend you for releasing it into the world. Um, even though I'm sure there was probably an element of you at some point that was like, is it ready? You know, is it, is, am I ready to release this? Um, but to just let it be this living entity that, you know, you release into the world and it, and it gets to adapt and evolve and change along with you and along with us too, you know? 
This episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is an online platform where licensed therapists can counsel you remotely, meaning you can receive therapy from the comfort of your pajamas, in your home, with your witchy familiars at your side. Seriously, whether you've got 10 cats, a pack of wolves, a house full of ghosts, or a questionable amount of houseplants like some of us do, BetterHelp.com is there so you don't have to leave your magical brood behind if you can't or don't want to. To use BetterHelp.com, you must be 18 or over. While part of your regular self-care, BetterHelp.com is not a crisis line. However, you do get access to licensed therapists, and it's available worldwide through four different ways to connect. Text, chat, video, and phone. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. I know how finding the right therapist can bring up a lot of anxiety, but the good news is it's easy to change counselors if you need to. The cost of therapy through betterhelp.com ranges from $35 to $65 per week. And guess what? Because the struggle is real, financial aid is available. So check it out. These are wild times we're living in and taking care of your mental well-being is revolutionary. Go to betterhelp.com slash witchy for your first week free. That's visit betterhelp.com slash witchy for your first week free. Yeah, I... I want to just go back to what you said about um, like not having the language or Mm -hmm. like, um, you know, like, cause I think um, a while ago when I was like super social justice on Facebook and I've since like permanently deleted my Facebook account, (laughs) I have (laughs) like my work Facebook, but, um, but I noticed like I was in, I was talking to um, some of my Facebook friends who were using the R word um and I was like you know that's ableist like that's like you're being just as bad as like a white person Mm -hmm. um and they were like able like what and this one girl was like ableism she was like like how can I access that word like I like that sounds made up like it's kind of sounds like a like a really academic word um Mm -hmm. because like I mean it's just it's like I guess I I've had to check myself on Mm -hmm. how um, I will give a very like cold intellectual, um, Mm -hmm. like a very like academic way of saying like you have like exhibited oppression X, like Mm -hmm. divided by like the square root. Um, And it's just like, it's, I, you know, it's good that we begin to just meet people where they're at. It's good that we, begin to have discussions that won't exclude someone who doesn't have like, you know, all the social justice buzzwords. Um, I think that when we've done that, like we've actually like caused a lot of harm to people um, by trying to like make them like, I don't know, fit a certain level of verbiage Mm -hmm. or um, in order to participate in discussions about things that affect them or concern them. Um, so like the co-owner of grandma, baby, my brother, Ian, Mm -hmm. he has down syndrome. So like I, um, and that's like, you know, it's so like, I will talk on his behalf with people. Like you can't use the R word because he doesn't necessarily have the verbiage. He has the emotional capacity Mm -hmm. to understand that that word harms him and that word is terrible, but he's not going to sit down and give you like a five paragraph lecture or essay on like Mm -hmm. the history of like, um, ableism in the, in the intellectually disabled community, like, yeah, but, and, 
and it's and he's a co-owner of a spiritual company but his spirituality doesn't look like mine mm-hmm. like i can see the ways that he he engages with spirit in his language and in his way which i think is really beautiful um That's awesome and i really like am amazed to see um the way that like he will like i don't know just the way that he is able like he intuitively um has this connection to spirit that's really beautiful but like we're not going to sit down and talk about it like in this like yeah. you know like i was <laughs> yeah. like you know so i think um i think like the more that we all come towards this um understanding and this way of breaking down um these oppressions and barriers that have been built into us and built around us i think i hope that with with spirituality with compassion with patience we're able to do it in a way that um i don't know that that doesn't further reinforce like yeah. hierarchies of like i have all this knowledge and i'm going to use it to beat you over the head with it totally. until you agree with me or i have this way of understanding things like that is superior to yours like uh, like we are co-owners and we are partners in this and and um i want him to have as much dignity doing this job and have as much respect as i do i mean he's not on this interview right now <laughs> um but cuz he's he's um working on something else but um but we're i'd say that we're both probably like i mean he might be even more like further in his personal journey than i am in mine though he mm-hmm. doesn't have the the I don't know the language that other people might have to talk about his journey. Absolutely. Like and you're touching on something that um I don't hear talked about a lot uh in like social justice spaces or spiritual spaces. Um you know, first and foremost, yeah, please don't use the R word ever people. Um, I also feel very strongly about that. Anybody who's ever hung out with me knows that I will literally stop the record in the room and call, like, just tell somebody point blank, like, do not do that. So harmful. And like, should have been long gone abolished decades ago. Should have never even happened. But, you know, here we are in 2020, like, don't use that language. Um, But like, then there's also like what you're saying that there is, like an academic um, aspect to the verbiage and the language and um, even the theory and, and, and all of that stuff behind our experiences. And it's important that we be very careful to not wield, like you said, superiority, because what you're really wielding is like, colonialism (laughs) like you know like good on you know whomever if you have like the correct terminology as of you know today at 11 (laughs) o'clock in the morning like on this day like you are at the leading edge like that's fantastic we need we need those people that are at the very leading edge of it and we also need them to understand that not everybody has access to that type of education and that that education doesn't make or break um, where somebody's solidarity is or where their allyship is or where their experience of oppression is like it actually doesn't really speak to anything other than like wow you've had you know good access to the academic portion of 
um, you know, unpacking our social justice uh, experience as of, you know, like 2020. So, you know, one thing, I don't know about you, T, but one thing I try to do, and it, it's different, um, you know, for me as a person who's of multiple marginalized identities, um, I think it's easy for me to remember that, like, you know, other marginalized folks may or may not have access to um, the perspective that I'm aware of. And I try to remember that at one point in my life, I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of all of these things. Like I was, you know, you know, you're not born aware of like all these inc beautiful inclusive terminologies that we have now. Um, but it was something that is learned, shared, and it, honestly, it's a privilege. It's an academic privilege in a sense. Um, and you, you know, I've seen time and time again of like folks with a lot of what we consider like higher education, like degrees and whatnot, just like blatantly, like really harming other folks um, for their language or their terminology or for not knowing. And it's like, hey, you gotta be careful. Like that, that's a privilege that you have that degree there, friend. Um, so especially like towards other marginalized folks, like please remember, you know, not all of us went to college, you know, not all of us have degrees, um, nor, you know, it's okay to not have or to not want those things either. And also like, don't un underestimate us either. You know, there are plenty of folks who don't have those things that totally know what they're talking about, um, because they're self-taught and, and things like that. But, you know, it doesn't make or break where you're at with all of those things either. So, you know, I just think it's really great that, um, that you brought that up. And I love that your brother is like the co-founder. That's fucking rad. <laughs> What's up, Ian? Thank you, you know, um, for being part of this beautiful project. Um, I would love to see like, uh, like if he would be down to like, uh, share like a picture of Ian <laughs> on Instagram. I'd love to, um, see the other half of uh, the Black Gold Lenormand deck. If you think he'd be cool with that, what do you think, T? I think he'd love that. Um, he would actually, he actually really, really, really <laughs> loves um, having his picture taken and loves being seen. I am the introverted um, INFP one in, the, in our partnership, and he is actually um, very social, very like, uh, just um he's great he's really lovable so yeah he's definitely going to be making more appearances um now that uh now that things are th like super underway and yeah. and we're we're actually releasing these decks soon um so i thought of making a video just so um we could inter formally introduce ourselves <laughs> that would be so awesome i would love to see that um so your deck, like you said, it's, it's going to be here soon. So, you know, folks, that's where we are with, you know, this process now. So when, when did it start? I can't remember quite like when the Kickstarter started. Um, I, I should know these things too. Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, I think it was in, um, April, um, but yeah. let me pull it up. But, um, but the idea definitely started around, um, 
February. Um, let's see, shortly after my visit to um, the Museum of African American History in DC with my mom. Um, oh, that's awesome. For the first time. Um, let's see. It, wow. I'm my like technological um uh problems are showing um <laughs> as I'm trying to actually find where on this Kickstarter it will actually like show all that information. <laughs> um project launches. Haha, -ha, May 7th, 2020. So wow. that's when it went down. Yeah, that yeah, and that was like right at the height of when like folks were realizing like this is this pandemic thing is serious you know like so that's quite epic timing um and so now let's see if that was may and we're about halfway through september wow okay so it's been like about like four ish so you know probably around like i don't know like the five month mark um that's cool that you're gonna be able to have like those decks in your hand and um, get to distribute them. I'm super, super excited um, because when I uh, signed up for your Kickstarter or whatever, you know, pledge to it, um, I did the one where you can like have like wholesale of your um, your beautiful decks because I want to, well, I guess I am, um, have a section in my shop that is exclusively only melanated decks. Um, and yours is going to be the first <laughs> in that collection. So oh, I love that. <laughs> I'm really, really excited um, to get to see them and uh, use them too. Like my goodness, um, on the Mystic Mondays and even with my readings with my clients, I'm really, really excited for that. So you said that your initial like spark of inspiration came from uh, going to that museum and seeing the like Black History exhibit you were saying? Yeah, I went uh, through the museum and it's, it was very, very dense and very, very um, rich. Mm -hmm. I would say it's very beautiful because like, I, you know, it sort of felt like when I first kind of came into like hoodoo, when I first started like practicing ancestral veneration and like sort of looking at our history from like a spiritual perspective, I realized like, you know, growing up in, in this and this way in this black community and this black family and this black life, my family's from Arkansas <laughs> and um, you sort of like, don't like this. It's just life. It's just family. It's just the way things are. And then to realize that it, it's part of like this like beautiful web of a culture and mm -hmm. that it's actually significant. And there are so many people who share these experiences. It just like, made it feel so much more special and um and then in the bookstore because like everyone goes to the gift shop and geeks out like yeah. every museum ever <laughs> um there was this book called um talking to the dead and there were mm -hmm. a few other books um Zora Neale Hurston and um there was Toni Morrison's the black book mm -hmm. and seeing the way that like our spirituality like our specific spirituality like a black American people um, who are the descendants of um, enslaved Africans. It's just like to see that actually have its, its place in this museum gift shop that in this museum that was like, that just felt so like curated and, and made for us. It just yeah. felt so special. Um, 
and you know i'm and i'm actually an artist and i've been pouring over this idea of like i want to create this big work i want to create this art about how much um like i love being black and how much like how amazing and special we are and then like i guess shortly afterwards i thought like i was working on this deck it was i it was actually supposed to be kind of like um you know just like i thought i'd just like slap like black iconography on this um previously just sort of like general Lenormand deck, but then like the history came out too and like the language because, you know, a lot of decks, um, you know, are addressing a general experience. And I think like we're more than a general experience. We're a lot of experiences that actually like deepen and enrich um, what these divination decks have to say because, mm -hmm. um, because our ancestors lived it. Our ancestors went through so much and they navigated it and um, in accordance with their um, indigenous traditions. And I think like we have to name those, we have to show those and how those can still help us. Um, it can't just be like, you know, I affirm I yeah. am not oppressed. <laughs> I affirm that I am like not depressed and yeah. then, and then boom <laughs> it's very like you know consistent ritual consistent um healing consistent self-care consistent community care it's like that's what we see in these um old like and examples like the the federal writers project slave narratives which tony morrison drew inspiration from and to create her amazing works like her just like incredible works um so yeah that's that sort of began like that's sort of how I started going down the rabbit hole was going through that museum and then seeing that um, seeing narratives and stories from um, people still practicing um, our traditions sold in the gift shop and just, I actually got a couple of books from the gift shop and it's funny because people walk out with like mugs yeah. people walk out <laughs> with shirts and I'm just like books 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 <laughs> yep yep that's awesome like I love that. Um, I, I feel so deeply like what you're saying, like our like spirituality is, um, it's unique and there is something very deep and rich about it. And that's what I love about us. <laughs> and I love about um, hoodoo and things like that. I think it's so friggin' cool. Like you said that you got to see like all of these things from our history and from our ancestors and knowing that these things that they did or that they created, like um, their practices and whatnot, like they used those things to um, survive and to also thrive and live through all of these, you know, very unique experiences. And, you know, you're doing the same thing. You know, you created an amazing tool that is essentially going to help all of us get through the times that we're living in as living ancestors, you know, and then at some point, like down the road, you know, maybe future ancestors will get to see like your work and that type of thing, like being represented in, in a place of, you know, um, I don't know, exhibition, like a museum or whatever. Um, that's really, really, really rad. Um, I love yeah, that. I, I think you touched on the fact that, yeah, like these traditions are living, like yeah. they're not just some 
book written a long time ago that has gotten stagnant and hasn't like changed according to like our situation and what we're living under like indigenous traditions adapted to like changed with seasons changed mm -hmm. with um changed with location like uh, ancestors came from africa to north america well, and well to all the americas um and to and they and it it lived and it changed with them and so yeah it will continue to change after us it will it's it's changed now from what it was when our ancestors were living um like we i'm not gonna go dump everything at a crossroads i'm not gonna dump all my spiritual bath water at a crossroads because um i will probably uh get arrested <laughs> um, <laughs> or at least like some very serious looks from people um who i probably won't ever want to see again <laughs> um it's just like this these traditions uh stay fresh they stay moving they stay growing um they're alive because um because we need we need them to change and to to grow with us as a people if we're going to be liberated if we're going to ever see um freedom in the way that we continue to um reimagine it um because some you know our ancestors used to think freedom was like oh we get to vote but now we're like okay we can top that <laughs> we yeah. can do better than that <laughs> um freedom is like everybody free freedom is um not having to turn on the news and watch like all these snuff films or see um like see the murders of uh of beautiful black people who just like deserve so much more um yeah. and and even like even further down the line like who knows what what we're going to be imagining as freedom for ourselves and who knows how our traditions will evolve to like to suit that to suit that revolution and i'm excited for that yeah i'm excited for that too you know it's like you and i and all the other like black creators out there like we are living a piece of like afrofuturism now <laughs> you know that's really really cool um and i just want to say like to uh the black folks at home like i just want to speak to what you mentioned like there's a piece of this that is very hard for our allies, our oppressors to like imagine because it's a different experience, like the commodification of black death and having that shoved in our face every day is extremely like it's meant to break us down, you know, and, and it does like it breaks me. I won't be, you know, I won't lie. Like there are days where it absolutely destroys me. Um, and so like to be able to have these other facets of blackness to look to that are very much powerful like your creation like dust to onyx like akamara tarot like to be able to turn to these things and be like you know what look at this fucking black excellence over here too though you know like i'm not saying like ignore what's happening to us but i'm saying like we are also still living you know um because there aren't very many portrayals of that like readily available to us all that's being like displayed is like how we're being um destroyed and so it's really cool that we have your work to access and i'm really looking forward to it's like one of the things you know we live in a very uncertain time right now and who the hell knows what 2021 is going to be like you know, but I do know one thing. I know that I have my Dust to Onyx deck. I know I have my Akamara Tarot deck. And I know I'm going to have, you know, the Black Gold Norman deck too to guide me through 
the whatever 2021 brings and that that's extremely valuable and that's one of the tools that's helped me like stay alive through all of this too like on the worst of days like turning on our shows that are made you know by us for us is so important like you know listening to our comedy like uh, shout out to Jesus and Marrow. Like, if I'm having a terrible day, like, I'm like, oh yeah, like, like we seeing us laugh, seeing us crack jokes is so important. And seeing you, you know, out here doing your thing, creating your work of art and offering it up to the world is just like, I'm just really glad that this also exists in the world. Um, so, you know. <laughs> You're doing big things over there, Ancestor. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're doing amazing too. <laughs> I just had to say like all the all the stuff that I've been learning um, from your work, from your page, um, I'm just so grateful for it. Like I said, just seeing um, examples of, you know, your, um, not just, because it's, it's interesting the way that I see um, folks like you engaging with the spiritual community. You are also like, giving your offerings, you're offering um, these amazing products, but you're also like, you're also sharing um, activism material. Cause like these traditions that we practice are like, aren't separate from like mm -hmm. what's happening politically, aren't separate from activism. Like you're, you're also encouraging like, you know, don't just buy things from like that are from black traditions. Like a part of the magic is actually like, you know, sending sending currency as energy like sending yeah. that to that to people who um who give you intellectual labor not just like give you something that they made and spent hours on but for existing um for having their existence um like just challenge and change and shape and heal people um just by being there like give them currency for that give them like support for that like just i like to see the way that these things mixed together. So you're not just a platform that's selling, um, you know, indigenous medicine and indigenous healing and um, traditional products, but you're a platform that's like, the, the magic is also change. Your product, your platform is changing people. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate that. Like, and you know, like, I just have to say like, you know, thank you to our ancestors for that. Um, because to them, they didn't have, you know, Instagram, <laughs> you know, they weren't just selling their stuff. And I, you know, they were selling their stuff as root workers too, but like the hoodoo, hoodoo in and of itself in particular, you know, it was a strategy as well as a veneration, as well as a celebration, you know, it was a means of, um, survival and protection and, uh, power you know, and I, I can't even imagine, you know, for our enslaved ancestors, like, to feel power and live through what they live through, like, that's powerful magic, and, um, you know, I thank them for that um, every day, and, you know, it's just, it's important to me that people know that those things aren't separate, they're not mutually exclusive, like, I know a lot of people that encounter my work that are like, oh my goodness, to talk about, you know, these things on your business page, like that's so unprofessional. 
and like that's gotta you know affect your sales and I'm like well probably <laughs> you know like it doesn't um being truthful about these oppressive systems definitely doesn't um garner favor in a colonialist world for sure um nor does it benefit like it doesn't aid like capitalism in any way however that's not why we do what we do or at least you know that's not why I do what I do um so you know just trying to do my best as a, a an ancestor and root worker in this day and age you know and also exist on <laughs> Instagram is it's it's tricky to be honest you know I'm sure I'm sure you can relate to that too yeah uh I definitely um trying to trying to learn to navigate that because previously like before I launched this Kickstarter I was really just done with social media like I yep. didn't have a Facebook um I had like a little bit of an Instagram but I would probably delete more than I posted um so trying to like show up fully um in a space where you know, social media wasn't created with us in mind. Mm -hmm. Like there aren't checks and balances for like the type of violence that we're regularly exposed to and that we receive on these platforms. So trying to like say like, I'm here and me being here, um, y'all are lucky to have me here. Yeah. Um, but, but being here is also like revolutionary. Like if you take two steps, like if you're able to take two steps in like a like a room where you're granted no space to take any steps is just like revolutionary so I try to like give myself grace with that and also um say that like you know I take breaks I can take breaks and it's healthy for me to take breaks it's healthy to step away and spend more time by my altar spend more time in self-care because social media is just like weird <laughs> yeah well it, I, it, yeah <laughs> it's it's inherently harmful to folks like you and I I don't know if you have heard of um this book I think I think I might have mentioned it on this podcast before and if I haven't the book is called algorithms of oppression uh it is written by an amazing uh black woman and she speaks directly to what you're talking about you know like this thing was not meant or was not created with us in mind. And when things aren't created with us in mind, what that also translates to is it is it inherently created then to harm us, you know, just by nature of um, systemic oppression and the way that that works. And the algorithm is a system too, created by the same people, you know? <laughs> and so I love that you said that you know, when you see us on there, when you see us taking up space in these um, supremacist <laughs> platforms, uh, you know, like, it's a blessing, you know, your existence is a gift on there. And uh, folks that are settlers and allies that are not Black, Indigenous, people of color, like, yeah, absolutely, like, honor us by uh, sending us financial support. And people always wonder like why I emphasize that so much. And, you know, my response to you is to do your best to uh, research what financial injustices are happening to us and um, realize like why financial equity work is so important. And also if we are living in a capitalist society, friends, like the power of the dollar does a lot for somebody who is, 
of, you know, marginalized community. So <clears throat> that being said, um, you know, I just, of course, want to thank you so much uh, for joining me on the show today. I know folks at home are probably dying to hear where they can get the Black Gold Lenormand and when, and other ways, of course, to support you too. T, can you tell us about where they can find the deck and you and how to support you, all of those lovely things? Sure. Um, so I have set up a Shopify website, which is a big deal for me um, and my um, <laughs> and, and this new age of mm -hmm. selling things online. Um, and it's grandmababyapothecary.com. Um, and right now it's um, for prepping for pre-orders, um, but you can't buy anything yet. So right now you can enter your email address and you'll be notified as soon as the shop opens. Um, and I've, there are probably about 400 emails already signed up to receive um, the notification when the shop opens. So get your name on there, get your email address on there. Um, and um, hopefully I will be able, I will have that shop open and pre-orders pre um, will begin in um, late October um, during spooky season, yeah. um, <laughs> peak spooky season, <laughs> um, and around my birthday because I'm a, a spooky season baby. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you'd like to send um, um, me a cute little offering. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I still feel weird, like even like saying, like saying, like, "Hey, send me money." But, um, but that's something I'm working on because I definitely, I definitely should have money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my cash app is um, the dollar sign and then G M A B B Y. Um, just kind of like Gamma Baby, the shorter, <laughs> the slightly abbreviated version. And then on Venmo, I'm Baby Bambara. B-A-B-Y-B-A-M-B-A-R-A. Uh, -A -A -A. Um, after um, Bambara of Salt Eaters, um, the, the author of Salt Eaters, um, which is another great read for anyone interested in um, uh, Afro-Jujuist sort of um, imagination. Yes. <laughs> um yeah that's that's my info um it's been really great to chat to you this I was so nervous but I, I love um I love how this is just like kind of an organic conversation just between two folks chilling absolutely you know I figure you know the ancestors usually guide us and they certainly provided this time too so you know it's been an honor to have you join us I hope so many more folks sign up for your list and I, you know, just can't wait to see Black Gold Lenormand all over the world and all of the creators that will come, you know, after you because we need all of that representation. And yeah, so thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Thank you, T, for being here. And until next time, folks, I'll see you later. Stay safe, wear a mask, <laughs> and wash your hands. All right, bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Revolutionary Mystic Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this show, please consider supporting it on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash revolutionary mystic. All of our guests are paid as part of a movement to hashtag actually support witches of color by creating financial equity. You can also check out the online Hoodoo Botanica, book psychic readings, take online classes, apply for the scholarship program for witches of color, join the free Facebook group, and watch witch tips on my YouTube channel by visiting revolutionarymystic.com. <laughs>